Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to help support the ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. And help me welcome our internet family, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, last week we began a series called Traps and Tricks. It's important that you know this. Uh, God is great and God loves you, but we do have an enemy of our soul. Y'all out there? We do have an enemy. Here's the good news. He cannot just overwhelm you. You're not just going to wake up in the morning all tied up and everything. He can't just overwhelm you. But he can lay traps and play tricks. There's things that he can do. And it involves a certain level of cooperation on our parts because he cannot just overcome us. So we're looking at these things and how we can overcome and be aware of the traps and tricks of the enemy of our soul. Last week we talked about the, the issue of proximity. And it's important that we just don't get too close to some things. How many of you know the long way is better than the wrong way? And just the reality of, you know, the things that would pull on you, the things that would potentially bind you or mess you up, it it is best to just keep our distance and keep proximity. Well, today I want to move on to another idea related to this. And let's start out looking in John chapter 17. John chapter 17 is Jesus' high priestly prayer. It's an incredible prayer. We're actually referred to in this. I'll show you that in a moment too. And, And he says, and this is eternal life. Everybody say eternal life. This is eternal life, that they, were actually included there, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And so here, by knowing God, by knowing God, we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. And then in Psalm 46, verse 10, the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. Now, this be still, that phrase means to just stop, but it also means this. And to let go and to put down. So whatever you're busying yourself with or whatever, you know, that you, you just stop, you cease, you let go, be still, and know that I am God. And so out of these verses we put together, that when we know God, we're going to have eternal life through Jesus Christ. So the enemy of our soul, uh, this becomes a supreme uh, priority. And he puts out a supreme effort to block us from knowing God. And from having eternal life. If he can block you and I from doing that. And you say, well, he'll never block me from doing that. Well, he's actually pretty successful at doing that in a lot of our lives. Here, let me kind of illustrate for you. It says, be still and know that I am God. Now, watch this, though. Be busy and don't know that I am God. Or be busy. This is more appropriate for a lot of us. Be busy and forget that he is God. When, when in fact, we need to be still know that he is God, and walk in and enjoy the eternal life that he does have for us. Can you say amen on that this morning? So I want to look at our first trap or trick today that we're going to look at. And here it goes, our first trap or trick right here. (laughs) Actually, the first trap, actually, that is pretty much a trap. Uh, Busyness. Busyness. Referring back to the little critter there, um, this, this has gotten so out of hand that people have actually walked off of cliffs, walked into traffic, 
you know, wandering around. You know, and at some point, you take your toys away. You put them down. I'm actually for going back and reinstituting spanking. You know, just, just myself. It worked, worked for me. Hey, I got spanked every day whether I needed it or not. Turned out okay, sort of. Actually, Pastor Ryan was talking about church camp. I almost got sent home. We were all in our bunk beds, and um, I had a bunch of change, and it's in the dark, and I'm just throwing the change and hitting people. And when I hit the counselor, and he turned on the lights, he goes, who has the change? And I had the change. Thank God they didn't send me home, or I might have quit everything. So anyway. The trap or trick of busyness. Everybody say busyness. Um, a lot of people live a marginless life, a messy life. We end up just too busy. And thinking that we can get everything done or thinking that we have to get everything done, we end up with what I'll call Martha's disease. Remember Martha in the scriptures. She's just so uptight about it. I got to get, get all this done. Um, some people are too busy Other people just need to get busy. And as we talk about busyness this morning, there might be some of you that say, busy is not a problem for me. Well, then for you, I would say, when you get a chance, read the Proverbs, okay? And it has much to say about how we use our time and how we use our our energy. Busyness is the enemy of relationships, it's the, it's the enemy of health. It's an enemy of emotional stability, of clarity, of joy, of peace. It's an, it's an enemy of fulfillment and productivity. It's an enemy in our spiritual life. And what we must do, and here's the first caution, be, be very careful that you don't get busy about the wrong thing. Sometimes we get busy about things that really don't matter that much. They don't mean that much. Y'all stay with me. So we get busy about the wrong things. Here's the other extreme that I would caution you about, and it's this, that we get too busy about the right things. Sometimes we can make our job or ministry or or whatever. This is a right thing. It's a good thing, a noble thing. But we can get it all out of proportion and get too busy with us, and then it starts to rob us in our health and our relationships and so on and so forth. If you're still with me, make some kind of noise here this morning. Okay. Then once that happens, once we get too busy with, with things that really don't matter or too busy with right things, then something horrible starts to take place, and it, it is this. We start to make the things of God, the things of God in our life actually stop, stop to exist or they're limited or they become very, very optional. Now, look at me real quick. When the things of God become optional in your life, you're in trouble. You're in a dangerous place when the things of God, what do you mean things of God? Prayer, his word, living out his word, uh, walking with God, walking in his light. Uh, gathering with other believers, on and on, the, the things of God. When they become just optional to you, you're, you're in a dangerous, dangerous place. Prayerlessness uh, starts to happen. I can't pray, I'm too busy. Doesn't that sound weird? I can't, I can't pray, can't have a good prayer life, I'm too busy. That's like saying, I'm, I can't drink any water right now, I'm too thirsty. It just doesn't make any sense when we say it out loud, but yet we live this out 
that I, I'm just too busy to, to actually pray. Or we, at best, read limited and, and uh, inconsistently in God's word. Or we skip church. Can't go to church. I'm just too busy. I've, set, I've had such a week. I can't go to church. And it all just doesn't make sense. We blow past the Sabbath. Um, and we end up with a forced Sabbath. But see, what happens is when these things start to ebb out of our life, we become easy prey for the enemy. I've watched it over and over and over again in the lives of ministers and leaders and people and stay-at-home moms and executives and whoever all across the board that when we allow the things of God to become optional and ebb out of our life, now we're easy prey and we end up doing things that we never thought that we would do. We end up doing things we never wanted to do. I'll never do that. And because we are in such a weakened spiritual condition, the enemy is is able to really, really distract us and take us in some wrong directions. Amen. Realize that there will be seasons, as we talk about busyness, there will be seasons and times of your life that are more busy or busier than other seasons. Have you found that out? You know, and, and just... Look at the calendar and you'll see, well, the holidays get busy or around, you know, June is busy for us because we've got a whole bunch of birthdays in our family and anniversaries and all kinds of stuff. It's like, you know, we just have to have like one celebration because it seemed like every other day, somebody in my family, something, you know. And so we have those kind of seasons, it's back to school season or it's this or that or it's tax season, whatever it would be. And realize that there are certain seasons of your life that are busy. With that in mind, let me say this. We try to achieve balance. Everybody say balance. Balance is so hard to find. And once you do attain it, hear this. Once you do attain it, it is incredibly hard to sustain it, to keep it. So I would, I would suggest to you that balance is really just an ideal. It's just a goal. It's so elusive. I think life actually much more closely resembles living in rhythm Living in rhythm. We realize, hey, this would be, there's a rise to life. This is going to be very, very busy. And then there's going to be kind of a, a, a slower time. That would be great. And sometimes we even plan. You know, like a vacation. You plan. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to walk slow. I'm going to breathe deep. You know, because then, you know, when, when you get back to the office or back to work, it's busy, busy again. Are you all with me? And some seasons are much more busy than, or busier than other seasons. And here's something very important that you must do. You must notify your crew. Do you know what your crew is? Your people, your peeps, your posse, your folks, your family, your your loved ones. Are you all with me? Did I cover it for everybody? Notify your crew, communicate with your crew, and continue to just affirm them. This is going to be a little busy time. There's times in my, in my doctoral program that I've got a big paper to write or something. And, and so it's like, Hey, for the next few days, I, I'm not going to be much good to any of you guys, but I love you, you know, and they know that's not going to be my whole life. That's just a part of life. And so it's good to, uh, realize that life is rhythm and be, make sure that you're communicating with your crew. Amen. Amen. And when you do so, I believe it releases a grace for everybody during that time. So to deal with the trap or the trick of busyness, uh, I want to share with you several things. They're all going to start with the letter P. Just kind of happened that way for most of them. And then I changed some of them so they would all start with the letter P so that we could uh, perhaps hopefully remember them a little bit more. So the first, first way to deal with the trap and the trick of busyness 
is, is this, point A. Everybody say point A. What is point A? Point A is where you begin. If you look on a map, if you look on, uh, you know, you have a navigation app, you, you, you find point A, that's where you begin. I'll talk about it in a moment. I have a poor sense of direction. You know, my wife, you can spin her around blindfolded, and she knows where she's at, and you need to go that way. She just knows it. We were in Nashville a couple of weeks ago, and uh, my son Joshua, he lived about three blocks. We, we rented one of those Airbnb houses. It was a great experience for us. My son Joshua, he lived about three blocks this way, and my daughter Elise and her husband Chris, they lived about four blocks over this way. And the whole time we were there, I never did figure it out. <laughs> so I'd say, they'd say, hey, come over to Elise's house and pick this up. And so I go, okay. And I get in my car and I thought, I don't know where to go. So I get on my phone and I find, punch it in and everything. So I had it. So then they were kind of getting on me that I didn't know my way around. This is pretty easy, dad. And you don't know where you're around. So, so I just kind of have fun like this, you know, and make my way. But my point is this, point A. Everybody say point A. It's where you begin. And I think if we begin right, we're going to have a greater chance. We're going to have much more success in overcoming busyness in our life. So point A, where we begin, I want to repeat to you something I shared with you just a few weeks ago in our series on essentials. And it is this. Where do we begin? I'll tell you where we begin. We begin with a bow. Begin with a bow. Look with me in in Psalm 95, verse 6 and 7. The psalmist says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God. This is why. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand, or we're under his care and his protection. I do this personally. I encourage you to do this in one way or another that you bow, that you start your day. I make it a habit, a holy habit. It's not a mindless thing. That I will bow. It's about the first thing I do when I get out of bed is that I will bow before God. And I kidded with you before. How long does that take? It's about 46 minutes. I'm kidding. It's just like 15 seconds that I physically would bow before God and acknowledge him as God, that he is God and I'm not that he got me through the night, that he made me, he saved me, he cares for me, he takes care of me, and I submit myself to you. It's a good way to start the day. I said it's a good way to start the day. Instead of like some of us do, or some of you do, you just get up and you're behind already. You, You bumped snooze button twice. Now you're extra behind, you know? Now, now you're not even going to be able to warm up your Pop-Tart. <laughs> you're putting on makeup in the car. It's, you're grumpy already. Just don't talk to me. I have not had coffee. <laughs> you know, we just get this way, and it's the wrong way to start, folks. You start out all busy and frenetic just all, already, and just, just begin with a bow. And some of you say, well, I, I, can't, I can't bow. I physically can't bow. Well, let's try that if you drop your cheeseburger. What would you do? Or your car keys. Now listen, I'm not forcing anybody to bow, but make sure that you start your day bowing before a holy God, at least in your heart and in your head and with your hands. Amen? 
Amen. Um, Louis Giglio, I ran across this quote of his. He says, 20 inches is the distance between my knee and the ground. That's how far you have to go to find mercy. Loved it. Secondly, pray. Pray. Everybody say pray. pray. For every major decision in your life, for every obstacle in your life, for every impasse in your life, for every opportunity in your life, we need to pray. We need to realize that our future is paved in prayer. Understand that. It's an important principle. Your future is paved in prayer. So some of you are traveling some rough roads. Perhaps it would have been paved had you been out there in prayer. As soon as I knew that when we were having our our five children, as soon as I knew they were conceived, as soon as I knew it was a boy or a girl, I began to pray for their spouse I began, and, and I began to pray for their, their life path and began to pray things over them. I mean, from the very beginning, get out into the future. Understand this, prayer does not change right now. Prayer changes the future. It gets out ahead of you. There's no way to change the now, but there's a way to change that next step and, the, and, the, and what is out in front of you. You've got to get out there. You want your kids to have a, a good school year? Two of you. Do you want your children to have a good school year? Those that you... Well, then don't wait till the third week and you've been called in for two parent conferences before you start to pray. You know what we need to do? We need to pray. Pastor said something about prayer. How about now? How about starting to pray now? How... Get ahead of things in prayer. And then as you pray, expect that God would lead you. Expect that he will give you peace or lack of peace to lead you. Expect that because one of the major ministries of the Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't make you weird. He doesn't act weird. He is here to help you. And one of his major ministries in your life is to lead you. It's to lead you and to show you the way, but we've got to get out ahead of things in prayer rather than just hit our day all busy. No man is greater than his prayer life. And when you pray, pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom. That's the principal thing. Wisdom always is what is best, and you want what is best. You don't want just what is good. You don't want just what everybody else is doing. You want what is best. Good is this. Good is filling your life with all kinds of things that you you think are good and, and your thoughts and plans and actions. That's good. But best is this. Best is finding and fulfilling God's thoughts and plans and actions for your life. You can live a life of generalities if you want. Or you can live a life that is guided by God and blessed by God and ends up being fruitful. I'd rather be fruitful than just busy. Amen? And listen, whatever God reveals and whatever God leads you to do, he will empower. And whatever he empowers, he will bless. And whatever he blesses will be fruitful. Amen? Thirdly, priorities and principles. What are we talking about again? Busyness. It's a trap. It's a trick, and if we're going to overcome it, we've got to start out right, point A, begin with a bow. We're going to have to pray, and then priorities and principles. We get our priorities and principles from God's Word and from the roles that we fulfill in life. For example, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a pastor, and so on and so forth. You, you find your roles, and your priorities and your principles will help you. Because they will do this. If you will determine what are my priorities and what are my principles, they will make your decisions for you. Do you hear me? 
If I know what my priorities are, if I know what my principles are, they will make my decisions for me and I won't end up crazy busy. You know, what if, what if your daughter is having her first dance recital, but the convenience store is giving away free slushies? I love slushies. Are you with me? How many of you know this is not a hard, hard decision? It's free slushies, y'all. No, you're going to be living single with your flesh, with your fleshy, with your slushy. <laughs> that was appropriate too. So it's easy decision. I really wanted to get that, but and your priorities will make that decision. Okay, your wife is going to have surgery. She's scheduled for surgery, but at the same time, there's a model train show at the armory. I love trains. You better be at the hospital. You see, and your priorities and your principles will help you make decisions in how you use your finances, how you use your time, how you treat people, and so on and so forth. Number four, let's move on quickly here, is plan. Everybody say plan. Now, I believe in planning and getting the big rocks out ahead of you, okay? I can't, neither can you, though you might try so hard. You're not going to be able to detail everything out for five years, for ten years, but you can put the big rocks out there. That I, I, I want to make this goal happen. I want to move toward this. Um, by such and such time, it would really be a great goal that we're doing this, I'm doing this. And you pray and, and imagine and get those things out there in front of you. But you need to plan. A lot of people just don't plan anything. And they just fly by the seat of their pants. Look in Proverbs, Proverbs 21, verse 29. The virtuous think before they act. Take a little time to think. And then in Proverbs 14, verse 15, the simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. We all do well, listen to me, we all do well to plan a little bit. It is said that if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So plan your work and work your plan. And take the time to just think some things out. Early in the day or before you go to bed, this doesn't have to be hard at all, but just kind of think it through, write some things down. I like to draw things out sometimes and just diagram and draw a circle and write what that is and how it relates to this and where I need to put it and get your priorities and plan these things out. And it will help you so much to just be able to work smart instead of just working hard and make sure that you plan. Can we get an amen on that? Next is this, prune, prune. Not the juice. Prune. This means to cut some things out, to eliminate some things. Look in Hebrews chapter 12. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. A lot of us have things in our life too much. It's slowing you down, especially the sin that so easily entraps us. And let us run with endurance the race that God has before you. How many of you know then in a race you have a lane that you're supposed to stay in? And, and if we're going to run this thing right, we're going to have to prune. We're going to have to cut some things off. It is said that if you will be more selective, you will be more effective. And so as we look in the scripture even, we see in John chapter 15... That Jesus said, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. And God the Father is the husbandman or the vine dresser. And what he does, he finds the, the branches that are not producing anything. And he just gets rid of those. He said, but those that are fruitful, everybody say fruitful. I, I think I'm looking at some people that are living somewhat a fruitful life. He said, those that are bearing fruit, I prune them. 
He cuts them back. He does some trimming. Why does he do that? He says so that they will bear more fruit. Because the ultimate goal to glorify God is that we would bear much fruit. And so sometimes we just have to cut some things out of our life. People just keep signing up for more and more and more. And I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll go there and I'll be there. And we add on so much to our life. And we're going to have to eliminate some things out of our life. Which leads me to the last one. And it is this. Protect. Protect. Everybody say protect. You've got to learn to say no. Tell your neighbor real quick. Be polite. But tell your neighbor real quick, just practice, say no. Here's what you got to do. Some of you really enjoyed that. You've got to learn to say no. Be gracious, but be resolved. You know, if I did everything that I got invited to, and if I did everything that I got asked to do, I would lose myself, I would lose my family, I would lose, I would lose the ministry. And you just have to, but it's a good thing, and it's a ministry, and it's this, and it's, you know, and, and good things, yes, but we've got to find what the best things are. And to say no to some things is to say yes to the best things. And you've got to guard yourself and, and apply all the other things that we shared today and get to the place where you can say no, because otherwise the enemy is constantly, constantly trying to load you back up again. Let's consider Jesus just for a moment. Jesus mastered living. And if you look at Jesus, he went from place of prayer and rest to place of prayer and rest to another place of prayer and rest with ministry and miracles in between. You never see Jesus hurried. You never see him stressed. He did not have a a 24-hour-a-day ministry. He did not help and heal everybody. That was not his assignment. He understood what his assignment was. He knew exactly what he was supposed to do. He was kind to people all along the way. He was able to give a firm no when he needed to. He prayed. He mastered all of this. And we're to follow in his footsteps if we're going to have a fruitful life. I said it before. You you can have a busy life or you can have a fruitful life. You can live a life of generalities or you can have a, a more specific and defined life that is actually enjoyable manageable and fruitful but i'm telling you if you get yourself too busy you're going to get this mindset follow this there's too much to do i don't have enough time anybody be honest with me in church this morning you've said these things recently it's just too much to do i don't have enough time and they're pushing me and this and it's just never enough and that is a horrible way listen to me that's a horrible way to live when, if, when instead, if you'll take what I've shared with you today and just apply this to your life, here's what you will know every morning of the day. God will give me all the time and energy I need to do all that I'm supposed to do if I will seek him first and let him guide me. Amen. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.